of Cathode Raycast, the story screen presents podcast where we talk about all things television. But today we have kind of a hybrid of sorts. We're talking about the 2020 edition of High Fidelity, which just aired on Hulu. But before we get into that, I'm Bernadette Gorman-White, your host, and today I'm joined by... My name is Mike Burge. I'm glad to have you on this episode today. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. What was the last Cathode Raycast we did? It might have been The Leftovers. Was it The Leftovers? Which was a great time. Mm-hmm. Was Gosh. that the last one that I was on? Yeah, I think so. Because you guys did, um, I think you should leave now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on Watchmen. Oh, yeah. I did Watchmen <laughs> just like a couple weeks ago. We just did that. <laughs> Can you tell that we are busy We're and busy tired? And tired. <laughs> we so forget tired. when we get to hang out with each other for fun. Mm-hmm. 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 Everything seems like work. But uh, today we're here to talk about, as I mentioned, high fidelity. But I'm sure for you book lovers and film lovers, it's inevitable those topics will come up too because you can't subtract those when we're talking about this 2020 series. No. So, Burge, overall, before we get into spoilers, how did you feel about watching this? The TV show, High Fidelity 2020, um, which I realized was 20 years after the original. I completely forgot about that. Mm -hmm. I I didn't realize that that was a 2000 movie. I thought that was way back more in the 90s. Yeah, and the book came out in 95, actually. Yeah, that's why I, I was like, I remember there was a quick turnaround from, like, the book and then making the movie. But I thought it was maybe even a little tighter than that. I thought it was, like, 98 or something, but... Yeah, I thought so, too. Or one of those, like, you know, 1999 was the best movie year ever, so I thought, like, High Fidelity would land at that, but no, 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I uh, I enjoyed High Fidelity a lot more than I thought I would. Um, there's, like, you know, it's not a perfect organism, but I think that by the end of it, there's a lot going on there that I'm really interested in and far more... In- the biggest thing is, like, I went in... I love High Fidelity, the movie. I've never read the book. I'm familiar with some of the changes the movie did and therefore have learned some stuff that's from the book that was incorporated into the show in one way or another. Um, And I love High Fidelity for a very specific reason. And I was kind of like, I'm not really interested in seeing like a rehash on this. I think it's a cool, exciting idea, but let's see what they do. And overall... I found that it took some getting used to, but once I got a couple episodes in and kind of realized what the show was trying to do, at least from my point of view, I got a little bit more into it and started enjoying certain aspects of it somewhat even more than the original. Uh, I watched the show in like sporadic order. I watched the, the whole season in just three days and then topped it off with a viewing of 2000's High Fidelity by Stephen Frears, a phenomenal movie. Mm-hmm. It's insane that that movie works as well as it does, yeah, mm-hmm. even today, especially today. Um, but yeah, I was genuinely surprised by how interesting I found the show and how much I personally enjoyed it. And I'm pretty psyched about a season two as well. Not to go into anything too specific, but I definitely like to see a little bit more as well. 
Has that been confirmed? No, oh, not okay. yet. I mean, I, I would imagine they'll probably be saying something within the next week, just because that's usually the way these Hulu shows drop. Like, they drop it all at once, mm-hmm. and they're checking to see what the numbers are, and it has been pretty good, so I'd imagine they're probably doing it. Interesting. I would not like to see a second season, mm-hmm. but not because I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I did like it, and I agree with you. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would, definitely. Um, I think, though, that in the mid-season of this show, it really hits its stride. And I think there are a few things that are happening within the show that I really, really liked. More so than I could have ever thought possible Mm -hmm. for this remake. But then um, I liked the way they left it. Although I am a little confused and conflicted with that ending. And we'll talk about that in a Mm -hmm. moment. But yeah, I was... uh, Surprised, pleasantly so, mm-hmm. that I enjoyed it as much as I did. But I think that there are a lot of choices that fall a little flat for me overall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's just by nature of drawing it out into a 10-episode long arc where the story is fairly tight, re- realistically, um, which makes sense in a film version. But I liked that they explored a few things in a different way than what I expected. For sure. Totally. Yeah. I, I like some of the changes that they make. I like some of the, uh, I guess, callbacks, you could call them, that they do. Not mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. Not all. Um, but I- Excited to hear about that. I genuinely like, you know, I would say that I probably fell probably 70-30 on this. I enjoyed 70% of it and 30% of it, I either was kind of like, eh, I can take it or leave that, or I outright hated. There were moments in the show that I outright was like, stop it felt like some of the moments and again i enjoyed the show Mm -hmm. i like it i'm kind of considering rewatching it again because it's a very brisk watch oh i'm gonna have to yeah i I, and i kind of enjoy those characters uh which is uh the testament to any good tv show for me i like the characters they're my friends i like clicking play and getting to hang out with these people for 30 minutes uh But there's definitely moments in the show that almost kind of feel like, you know, when someone's trying really hard to make you like them Mm -hmm. and they're just like, they know that you like movies. So they're just like, they just want to talk about movies. And like, I like talking about movies, but you can just go a little bit too far with it. It's like, yeah, I like high fidelity. I'm watching the high fidelity show. I get it. Okay. You can stop. Like, that's okay. You don't have to do it. I'm here. Yeah. So there was moments like that. Like there, there were parts that I was just genuinely like Ugh, don't do that again please and then they would just do it every now and then i'd be like all right now that that's over can we get back to the the thing that i like which is the originality and the interesting choices and changes that you guys are making to this story that i know very well that's being told in a slightly different version that's kind of expanding it and all of that stuff not getting mm-hmm. too specific and yeah but there's i would say 70% of the show i really liked or loved of the show I could take or leave or just was kind of like, no, not me. Yeah, I would say I'm pretty close to your percentage. I would say I 60% enjoyed the show and 40% disliked it. Mm -hmm. But that sounds way harsher than how I actually feel. Right. I think the reason I disliked it is because there were certain characters that I just didn't care about the way I was supposed to to make like the actual premise stick for me. Yeah, I can get that. I like, so, yeah. but again, like there's other characters that they change that are nothing like the characters from the movie. And again, I can only speak to the movie and not from the book. But 
I enjoy some of the aggressive changes to some characters and some other ones I'm kind of like, no, the other way was just fine. And actually, I think the other way would work really good in this other situation of changes that you've made. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you know, not not to push it to like a like a backseat writing kind of thing, but it's like I, you know, I, I'm here because I like High Fidelity, the movie. And I get what you're doing, but, like, at the same time, I just kept finding all of the original things that they would do just far more interesting, not because I'd seen the stuff already, but just because, like, it was done so elegantly and perfectly. And there's a specific moment that I'd love to talk about. Like, it's in the first episode, but we can wait till we get to, like, the spoilers and stuff to very specifically hit that out. Sure, definitely. Yeah, I think that the film was made with such an awareness and a definite care that's palpable when you're watching it, that sometimes watching this show, seeing them actively trying to make changes to make it fresh, felt very over the top and not in a good way. Yeah, and I think that's the difference between some of the changes that I like and some that Mm -hmm. I don't. I think the changes that I like are pretty much rooted in they are um, very, very fluid, and they happen almost naturally, even though I know it's not natural, because they they are actively attempting to change something that we, the audience, may or may not be aware of, but I'd imagine most of the people tuning into High Fidelity have seen it, at least half, if not more. Right. Um, I would assume so as well. Yeah, but it's also, like, it's because it doesn't really have anybody besides, really, Zoe Kravitz, like, to, to push the idea of like watch this show mm-hmm. it's based on a book mm-hmm. and a movie yeah um divine who plays like the berry character mm-hmm. in this she just was in dolomite is my name yep and i haven't seen that yet but i heard she was like a breakout star mm-hmm. in that film so yeah i think she might have had a little bit of name recognition but everyone else is pretty sure. small yep. mm-hmm. yeah but yeah so Without further ado, since we're kind of just like skirting over pretty much everything here, um, if you guys want to go watch Hulu's High Fidelity before listening any further, go do that. Come back. We'll still be here. I Um, recommend it. It's good. I think if you're on the fence about it, go for it. But I would definitely say give it at least four episodes. Let it it get in there. Uh, Definitely don't judge it on the first episode, please. No, Um, it's pretty clunky, the first episode. Yeah, so... Beware, going forward, we're talking about the nitty gritty. So, yes, in the first episode, you had said there was a moment that you just were not fond of. I, and what is this moment? I watched the first four episodes with uh, my partner in crime, Diana, who had already seen it. And I was like, I'm going to watch the first four tonight. And she's like, oh, I'll watch the first two with you. I'd like to rewatch them again. And then she ended up watching the first four. Um, <laughs> but after the first episode... She was kind of like, before we start second, what are your thoughts? Like after that, because like I'm mixed on the first episode. And I told her, I was like, yeah, I'm into it. Let's see what's going on. I think I see what they're doing here. Uh, hopefully they do more of this than that, that kind of thing. But I did say, I was like, the 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 uh, so-called Charlie breakup uh, flashback of in the rain, Charlie, you bitch, let's work it out. Cat, you bitch. Yes. Yeah. The, the reshot of that is uh and i'm going full hyperbole here on purpose is one of the worst things i've ever seen in a movie or tv show that scene works so perfectly in high fidelity not because of how it's shot in the situation and how funny the dialogue is or any 
particular performance or how what happens before it leads up to it and executes it and then rolls out of it and does something else. It's all of those things together that make that scene work so good in the movie. And the show has none of that. It just kind of goes into it. It's almost like it's like a Star Wars thing where it's just like, remember that? Okay, now we're back. And I'm like, don't do that. Please do not do that. Like you're you're disrespecting the movie a little bit and just do your own thing or find a fun way to do that. It does save itself a little bit in a later episode when it cuts back real quick to her in the rain, just like staring up. Like I like those quick cuts that this that the show does, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the um, birthday episode on the on the stoop. Um, but it was just like there's it's such a fun moment in the movie. And it's so sad because he like steps back and like falls he back trips on the curb. Yeah. And then there's like that great line where he's walking away, trying to light a cigarette in the rain. And he's just like, I lost my pride. Uh, I lost my will. Lost about about 15, 15 pounds. pounds. Yeah. And then he like screams and just like what you're like. All of this plays into what makes that so much fun on a rewatch and not, you know, just like like a plot point to like get it across. And there's moments throughout the show that I think do stuff like that and utilize exact lines of dialogue or shots or situations from the movie from my perspective, that is just kind of like, you don't need to do it exactly right. like that. And you're you're safer if you don't. Yes. Like, I think that they made the decision for the right decision, for the right reason. But I think that it just, they didn't put enough oomph into it to be able to have, like, that spark that you need to go, I like this version as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't like, I don't think I like, there's a few things maybe in the TV show I like better than the movie. But they're mostly new stuff. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of unfair because the movie is the movie. It was made 20 years ago. They're not adding new stuff to it. Right. Uh, but for the most part, I found most of the things that they were doing in there, it's like, oh, you're never going to top that. So just stop trying and just do this and that. Yeah. I think that film with the adaptation from the book, it's like making a puzzle. The people who are making the film knew to find all of the outside edge pieces first and then start working on the inside. And it makes sense that way. And I think the moments where this show felt very flat to me was when they tried to jam like a middle piece in without like finding all of the edge pieces first. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, that doesn't make sense there right now because Mm -hmm. you haven't built up to that part. And yeah, like we don't get a lot of introduction to even Rob's character before we start seeing all of these things from the past that we're supposed to relate to, but they really relied heavily on the film already doing the legwork so that you know, oh, well, this is because of this. But I don't think the show did a very good job of showing you why things were happening. Yes. you It relied on your knowledge mm-hmm. of previous work beforehand to really understand what was happening in that first episode in my mm-hmm. estimation I, and I, I think that it's like the the nature of a tv show like their mm-hmm. kind of whole thing is like oh we'll spread out like what did happen you know right. for a while so it's a little different that plays into the the year break which i the, did not like at all it's like it's one of those things like i don't like it i get why they did it because the nature of the tv show it allows for like calling back to a couple of things uh the two Robs are very different. You know, they share similarities, but whereas, like, from my point of view, John Cusack's Rob is just, like, a very kind of, like, selfish, egotistical, like, know-it-all kind of guy who, like, gets a little bit of a lesson in, like, learning 
to genuinely care about people that he is saying that he cares about uh, more mm-hmm. than himself. And Zoe Kravitz is, and he's depressed, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. very depressed. But Zoe Kravitz's character, I think, is a little bit more in that line of like, she doesn't really come across as selfish to me until later on in the show when she starts doing some things where I'm like, yo, that's a dick move. Don't fucking do that. Mm-hmm. And it comes a little shocking because I haven't been thinking her of her that much as like a dickhead. Which I think comes with the gender swap. Definitely. Mm-hmm. They had a hard time writing her in a negative sense for the first few episodes, mm-hmm. I feel, because I think they wanted to step around it because mm-hmm. she's a woman. Mm-hmm. It's weird because going back to the book and going back to the movie, I relate more to the male Rob than I ever mm-hmm. do to the female Rob. There's little aspects of both. Uh, I definitely get the whole, you know, uh, ro- jo- uh, should we, like job and zob. <laughs> uh, That's fun. Yeah, I like that. Right, cool. So job <laughs> is like he's very, he's very open about like uh, this fucking sucks. I feel bad. Don't fucking feel bad for me. Who fucking cares? That kind of thing. And I feel like Zob is very much like I'm fine. Everything's fine. It's all good. And it's just And that comes with that year break. Yeah. And I think that that's like kind of like the change in the character. I think that you do need to change that character aggressively, especially if you are going to gender swap. And, but more importantly, if you're going to put it in 2020. Yes. It's a completely different kind of world based around this kind of pop culture smorgasbord that you've got going on. I, one of the things I enjoyed the most about the show was the update in a lot of the conversations from the movie. Just yes. 20 years later now. Like, I really liked the same thing can be said about the music and the soundtrack where mm-hmm. they're getting a lot of really cool stuff in there. I do like when they drop some, like, very rare needle drops from the movie in there and do yeah. it in a fun way. It's nice. Yeah. It's like a, mm-hmm. a nice little hug. Like yeah, a little you're reminder. just like, they do, the, they do the beta band thing with, like, um, I can't remember, do they do Squad Zero or something? I can't remember the band that they use. I also can't remember. But they do that and it's like, I want to sell this. I know. Mm-hmm. But then, like, two episodes later, they do the beta band Mm-hmm. One, and I'm like, oh, okay, sure, mm-hmm. you can do that. That's fun. An ending with Stevie Wonder, also Of course, good. yeah. Yeah. It's, I think that uh, the depression that Job has and the depression that Zob has are two kind of different ways of dealing with a breakup. And again, like you said, I think the time and everything mm-hmm. plays a lot into that. And I think that I found that to be the most interesting thing of kind of delving into like the shades of job that are in Zob. <laughs> yes. You know, like, and that was fun while allowing Zob to become her own Rob, you know? And, and I feel like it hits that around like episode six or seven. I think episode six is the, um, the Parker the, Posey. Yes. That's the one where I'm like, that's where it this is what you can do with this character. Yes. This is what you can do. This is cool. I like this. Mm-hmm. And from then on, I think that I was just liking her character more and more, mm-hmm. which is kind of why I want to rewatch it. Because now knowing that that's, that's something that the show is going to eventually be getting into, maybe I'll enjoy the performance and the, not even the performance. She's fine. The, the, the character more. Right. Now, are you familiar with that sequence of events where Rob is called to check out this personal record collection to Mm -hmm. see if he wants to buy it? It, It's in the book? It's in the book. Mm -hmm. It's a deleted scene in the movie. Mm. So they did shoot that scene. Have you seen it? Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. And it's interesting. It's like a very quick aside. I can see why they cut it from the film because it does break up the flow pretty considerably. That movie is tight yeah Having just watched it last it's night that is just like i'm like oh this is almost over already and it takes so like heavily and timely placed in the city of chicago 
that to take you outside of Chicago to go to the suburbs to go get this record collection would have felt really jarring. Sure. So I completely understand why they took it out. And it would kind of maybe uh, dissuade the the ending a little bit when he goes to the funeral. Because mm-hmm. that is what you That's feel. That's already You're just out like, of place. Oh, geez. Like, it's completely different. It feels different. It doesn't have the same vibe. It's still fucking raining. It's always raining in that movie. <laughs> I noticed that for the first time. It's I've not seen the windy movie. city. Yeah. It's the rainy it's city. It's raining all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. But, um, yeah, that was the first episode for me as well. I really liked the cat sequence uh, where she goes to the dinner party. Mm-hmm. And Kat's an Instagram influencer. It's a fun play on Perfect. that. Perfect. It's a fun play on that scene. Yep. That was like, I think the first time where I'm like, oh, I get it now. Cool. I get what this show is doing. Cool. Yeah. But having that, uh, basically an entire episode devoted to the record collection scenario was very cool. And I would have liked to see more of that. But that also bleeds into my confusion mm-hmm. and a little bit of disdain for how they were writing this character. I felt like they were constantly at odds or at war with deciding whether they wanted to change Rob drastically or keep Rob the same. Mm-hmm. Because in the book and in the film, Rob goes to the house, can't deal with the fact that he would destroy this man's record collection by purchasing it for $25, $50, whatever it is. Um, and he makes the decision not to, buys the one record, it's done. She lets him purchase one record out of the collection, but says, I'm not going to let you buy this record collection piece by piece. So in the show, when it's an entire episode and they take them out of that setting and they go investigate what the husband actually is like, and he is an asshole. And, and that's you get to not see in the that, book, right? That's not Because I would book. imagine like that's the whole point behind that is kind of rooted in this is Zob, not, not Job. Right. And Zob and Clyde, yeah. which I love Clyde. We'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, we'll talk about those boys. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, the fact that they go and investigate the husband and do their research, and then Zob still can't buy the record collection, I thought that was an interesting move because I was hoping that Zob would buy the record mm-hmm. collection. And it's that would be so radically different. It's a real good look into her character different. that we haven't seen before, that it's like she has this chance to be like, yeah, fuck you. And she doesn't. Yeah. Because of like real just like moral kind of shit that like maybe she even doesn't really believe, but she's like – She wants I to believe yes, she can be that person. Exactly. Yeah. That's interesting shit. It is. I like it. And it's explored in the book and it's explored kind of in the movie, but not really because mm-hmm. it's a deleted scene. But I thought it would have been an even more interesting choice for Zob to be like, yeah, fuck that guy. I'm going to buy these records. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. Sure. Because to me, a lot of the time, a lot where the show falls flat is kind of punishing its female characters mm-hmm. and still exalting male characters. And we can get into that later on as well. Mm. But yeah, I just thought it was a weird choice. But a very cool episode, and Parker Posey's so fun. She's, She's great. great. She's great. The the bangs. That <laughs> oh my is, gosh. That's just great. Who yeah. thought that up? Give them a medal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we do get a second season of High Fidelity, just let it be that character. Mm-hmm. I'll well, just watch she, that she character. have to come back. It have to happen. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But uh, enjoyable. Very enjoyable, that, that little side story. But yeah, um, what did you think? Because I was not a huge fan, mm-hmm. and I think this is why the show falls flat for me to a certain degree. I don't feel like I ever was rooting for Mac, whereas in the book and the film, 
I very much care for Laura. Yeah. And I really want her to be okay and I want the best for her. And I'm conflicted because of that. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the show, I never quite got emotionally connected to Mac. Mm-hmm. And I wondered how you felt about it. I don't know how much of it is intentional. Probably not a lot. Uh, the introduction of Clyde very much kind of gets in the way of rooting for Mac, even if the character was designed and developed and performed a little bit better. <laughs> um, you know, he does a fine job, but there's no... Yeah, like, Laura is uh, interesting, and it's, again, like, the movie is just really good, like, in setting up their dynamic and their relationship and their individual characters in that opening scene where she will just rip the 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 headphone jack out. I'm like, I'm going. It's like, you can just stay. You don't have to leave right now. I don't think that's a good idea. You can just spend, spend the night. You can just stay one night. And she's just like, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he just yells at her and freaks out because he's a little baby boy. <laughs> yes. And, and, you know, it's then him, like, jamming the music all the way up and turning it on the stereo and, like, screaming, you don't see your name on that list, do you? You should have got to me earlier. Like, all of these things are interesting, and you're like, awesome. I like her. I like him. I want to know what happened. Yes. And you're only going to get it from his point of view for quite a while until she shows back up, like, calling on the phone and being like, I'm going to go in tomorrow and do this. And then he's there because he's doing it on purpose. And you're like, this mm-hmm. is interesting. And you get to learn more about her character piece by piece. You're, you're He's exploding onto you who he wants you to think that he is. Right. And in doing so, it is callously coming across that, oh, I get what this guy is. I get what this is. The best scene, one of the best scenes in the movie is the guy tries to buy the record. He says no. And then the other guy's like, oh, I don't have the record. I'll buy it. Why would you Why would you sell it to me and not to that guy? You guys are just egotistical assholes. You guys think that you're better than uh, people who are dumber than you. No. Yeah. Which is everybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's, yeah, you guys are a bunch of little like snobby assholes. But yes. like you're my snobby assholes. I like you guys. Mm-hmm. You're going to fall in love and, and you're going to learn a lesson and you're going to get to sing a really cool song. I like you guys. <laughs> Yeah, they seem like old friends, and I think it's great in the movie where Job, even though he's the one expressing all of this heartbreak because of Laura, he never speaks ill will of her. Like, she's still very positive Mm -hmm. in his eyes. Like, he can't bring himself to really slander her Mm -hmm. on any level. And I think in, in completely going against what I was talking about with, like, using too much stuff from the movie, I think the show is... And I think the relationship that we as the audience are supposed to have with Mac and the understanding of the relationship that Zob and Mac have is um, is deterred by uh, not having the top five things about Mac mm-hmm. scene. Because that top five things about Laura scene so shows you like no matter how much of an asshole this guy's acting, no matter how much he's saying he's over it and he's going to deal with it and he's pissed off, he's like, These are very little specific things that you only know about if you've ever actually been in love with someone Mm -hmm. and that these are the things you bring up. I get goosebumps just thinking about the – she moans and she rubs her feet. Together an equal amount of time. An equal amount of time. And he's like, it just gets me. And you're just like, yeah, that's cool. Mm -hmm. And there isn't a scene like that with Zob to Mac and you're just kind of like – they've got the rock. 
mm-hmm. moment, which I think is really cool. I like that we get like a little lost moment at the last episode where we get <laughs> yeah. to see the rock moment. And I'm like, okay, no, I got the rock moment. I don't have to see it. Well, the whole episode is called The Other Side of the Rock. Yeah. It's like, all right, guys. I mean, I like that he walks by it at the end. And yes, I get it. And I understand. I get it. But mm-hmm. I'm also like, I feel like. Yeah, you're 100% right that one of the weakest links in the show that is really to its detriment, which probably accounts for maybe 10% of the stuff that I don't like about it, is the relationship that we're supposed to care the most about. Right, right. And yeah, I think that really kind of untethers itself from any of that emotional investment that it could have because of that. And it's really difficult, I think, to give it the emotional heft necessary Um, Because you find out in the film and the book that one of the reasons they end up splitting up is because Rob was cheating on Laura. Mm -hmm. She ended up getting an abortion because of it. And that was one of the crumbling moments of when their relationship started to deteriorate. And you can't have that with a gender swap and Mm -hmm. where Zob is still supposed to be the asshole and Mac isn't. I was wondering how they were – if they were going to like – Try to figure in that in some out. way, and we were going to see it from her point of view. And I was like, are they going to do the whole, like, she got an abortion without telling him, and he found out, and that's why he left? Because that would suck. Please and then don't you'd hate do him. that. Yeah, because right. I'd be like, I'd, I'm supposed to like Mac. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to like Zob. Mm-hmm. Sure, but I'm also be like, yeah, no wonder Mac got the fuck out of there. Like, you're <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I think uh, those few choices really steered off in a different direction, which obviously can't really be helped with a gender swap like mm. that. And I do think uh, the fact that when Zob and Mac, the night they got engaged, she went and slept with someone else and harbored this guilt for mm. months before they ended up falling apart, that's also poignant because things like that do happen. And that was an interesting take, but it doesn't quite land emotionally for me the same way that the other original way could have. But mm-hmm. I don't really know what I, you could have done to fix that. I wish I'd honest. learned it earlier. Yeah. I wish I had learned that Mac didn't know, like, like in trying to like in the whole, the opening doesn't have any like oomph to it when we're introduced to Zob. Like she just like breaks in the top five because like that's what they do in the movie. And I wish that that had started out with like. He thinks I'm bad. Like, he should know some of the stuff I do. You know, like, and just says something like, you know, just like, you know, like, uh, like, uh, four months ago. And then you show the scene with the engagement ring and him cooking and all of that stuff. And then you cut back to her. And it's just like, yeah, I was fucked up. So then I went and got fucked up. And then shows her at the bar and stuff like that. And then it shows her coming back to the bed and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but you know what I didn't tell him? And then you have a quick cut of her, like, sleeping with some guy in the bathroom. And it's like, he doesn't even know that. So. There you go. And you're like, you're an asshole. Good thing he left. But why did he leave if he didn't know that? Right. And now you have that kind of interesting thing. When's Matt going to find out? Who else knows? Mm-hmm. Did that really happen like that? Is she hiding something because she lied to Mac? It be- it creates an like, interesting character audience dynamic that I think would have been a lot more fun to explore like in the TV show kind of range of 10 episodes. Like right. it would add more to the curiosity of just like why did they break up? It would be like – When's Mac going to find out? It's the Hitchcock, like, show the bomb under the table kind of thing. Like, that is going to go off before this season is over. When is it and how? And what's Mac going to do? But you're right. There's no buildup to Mm -hmm. that level 
of exposure. Yeah. We get told, you just get basically told and- in the same episode, that it culminates in the blowout, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. like, it, you just find out right there and you're just like, what? Yeah. I thought I was supposed to be Zob's friend. She didn't tell me that. <laughs> right? What the hell's going on She's here? been talking to me for uh, yeah. eight episodes at this point. What's yeah. the deal? How come that didn't come up? You know. Yeah. Agreed. Because, yeah, I feel like Job is very open sleeve. Yeah. You know, everything he's, is he's, right out there. He's putting on a front, but yeah. he's so bad at it that you, you, can, that you it doesn't know. deter the character. Like, you almost kind of think he knows what he's doing. Like, he's... He knows that he's not coming across like in a good light right now, and he he right. admits that sometimes he's like, "Fuck, yeah. I don't care. I don't care if you like me," kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He just wants to be understood. Yes, for us to get him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the the most interesting part about that piece of information in the show with Zob is the fact that instead of the um, Joan Cusack character Liz from the show in the book. Um, you have her brother, Jackson, so Zob has a brother, and that stands in for, like, the Liz character, the one who's supposed to be friends with both people, because he did the introducing of Mac and Zob. And so the fact that Jackson, the brother, confronts Zob and says, like, I didn't speak to my best friend for a year, because I thought he fucked up, Mm -hmm. but now I'm finding out that you fucked up, and that ruined that friendship that I had, that was a powerful moment. But that was really the only interesting outcome of that information being leaked. Yes. So so late. Mm-hmm. And that yes. was and that was fine. And that could have been done earlier because uh, honestly, he just gets over it. He does. Yeah. He, and, he yeah. forgives her pretty quickly because he has to mm-hmm. because he's having a baby, which is like a pretty lame storyline of like mm-hmm. oh man having to grow up because yeah. his and wife the, is pregnant. Yeah. I do like the moment between him and his wife at the end there, where she's just like, "I'm gonna get fucked up too," and then after that, <laughs> we're just gonna have to grow up a little bit. And that's it. Yeah. I um it was I do nice, like I do like the brother sister dynamic where they're both fuck ups. Yeah. <laughs> like they're both like like she's just like very kind of self absorbed and just like can't get out of her own head and he just like doesn't know when to just shut the fuck up and stop saying things to the when like when she brings Clyde in, which is the moment where I'm just like, You're being such a dickhead right now, but I'm like, good, because He's gonna find out Rob about should be a dickhead. Yeah. And I'm like, good. You Clyde deserves to know. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you're like her brother is going to fuck this up. Like that's how would you even think that this is a good idea? And it's because she's so self obsessed and wants to make Mac jealous or feel bad or just make herself feel a little bit more comfortable. Like that's the first instance that I get. Like that's something Rob would do. That's yes. something like he would maliciously do something like that. Maybe not job version but like the idea now if we're mixing together who job is and who zob is and the idea of who this rob is supposed to be mm-hmm. that's something that that take on the character would do they would do something very dickish and very selfish that would just like obviously is going to blow up in their face and they're kind of like um like self uh like they're doing it almost on purpose to be able to kind of like make shit go wrong and be dramatic and and and, and feel bad Mm-hmm. And then it ends with even worse than I think that she was expecting with her brother just being like, like, do the math. You're the factor in all of this. Like gives the, pretty much the lesson that John Cusack's uh, Rob learns a little Himself, bit later. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, you're the factor in all of this and you need to kind of think outside the box and realize that these are people and that they've been living lives and that you did some really bad shit back then. I love that he's just an asshole in all of the flashbacks. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, he's just like, you're an asshole. What are you doing? Yeah. He's uh, very much like the Greek chorus. Yeah. He's like, come on now. Yeah. You've been taught this lesson mm-hmm. time, time he's again. Like, oh, woe is me. And I was like, you're acting like a dick. No wonder nobody wants to hang out with you. No wonder you got to hang out with Jack Black. <laughs> yeah. Just like weird character choices for sure in that trio of characters. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I like the brother overall. overall yeah. But I think his storyline is a little little lame. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah, they can do they can do much more with it, and I feel like they focus a lot in on the main three characters uh, much more than like kind of going off to the ancillary ones. But I do mm-hmm. like that they you know they take Joan Cusack's character and kind of shift it and change it and, gr- and grow it into something else that's you know more interesting. It's not a hell of a lot interesting about Joan Cusack's friend character in the movie. Like she plays a, a central part to. Bringing them back like, together. Yeah, and... like, and all of that stuff. But, like, she's not necessarily, like, she's got, like, one scene of, like, real good words of wisdom. And then and that's kind of about it. She doesn't even come back. No. She's there at, like, the last scene, mm-hmm. jamming with the band. Yeah, just but like, I'm having fun. Yeah. I will say, uh, the only cool thing that I like about it is that John and Joan are siblings in real life. And then they gave Zob a sibling yeah. for the show. I was which is pretty cool. thinking about it the whole time. And I asked Dia, I was like, Joan and John are not brother and sister in the movie right like that's not who this character is and then that character is doing things that, that character does and i'm like wait are they are they supposed to be brother and sister in that movie and i just never noticed that no they're I not i thought they were just a, like it was just a friend mm-hmm. no. but yeah it's just like a fun little nod like mm-hmm. oh yeah do you remember how these siblings just played friends mm-hmm. and now like they're actually they siblings look exactly alike when they're talking <laughs> on screen together and you're like okay yeah i love that funeral scene too where he's just like I'm sorry, but I'm not going to fucking stand here and just let you fucking talk to me like that. That's stupid. I'm not going to do that. I know this is not the place. Then why are you doing it? You started it. It's <laughs> so funny. It's like, this is not the place for this. I'm just going to ignore it. I love that. Yeah. And I love his little, his little like micro explosions where he's like, I'm not going to sit here and take this. I don't have to take this. Yeah. They just do such a good job of like showing what an asshole he can be, but you still identify with him at the same time. Right. They're like, oh no, I've done something like that. Mm-hmm. Something completely inappropriate at a completely inappropriate time. But I'm still lovable. Mm-hmm. Did it because I was scared. Yeah, yeah. he's very like, cool. He he knows he's he's not an asshole just by like nature. No, he's an asshole because he wants to be because that's the way that he feels comfortable. Mm-hmm. He's not just like rude and crude and doing whatever the fuck he wants because he doesn't care. He cares too much. Mm-hmm. And I I like that kind of take on someone going through this kind of midlife kind of crisis type deal who has to kind of come to terms with the fact like maybe I do need to grow up a little bit. To be able to, like, make this stop happening. Yeah, definitely. So before we get into more Clyde and then also mm. the young boy, mm. Blake. Oh, yeah. Uh, what did you think of these new characters, Simon and Charisse, the, the Todd and Barry stand-ins mm-hmm. for this show? What did you think of that overall? Like the performers a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I Agreed. Yeah, I think Sharice's uh, character is just, like, I think it's like kind of the perfect distillation of what they're trying to do with the update and the switches on Barry. It's hard to follow Jack Black, and she does a very good I think job. She does an amazing job. In the very first episode, that was one of the most interesting things. Like she yes. shows up and she's just got this Jack Black energy, but she's also like making it her own. Yes. It's like cool. Um, Simon, I like that actor a lot. I've never seen him before in anything else. I Mm-mm. think that he was very effortless. Um, I um, like Todd. I do too. 
uh, and I'm kind of upset that he's not really in this. Yes. Because Simon's not Todd at no. all in any way. I mean, they do have similar storylines where they're just trying to get more comfortable in approaching relationships. Yes. That's about where mm-hmm. the similarities end. Even adding Simon to her top five breakup list was, was a very odd choice. It was very odd uh, because I was also like, that doesn't seem like that bad of a breakup. Yeah, it just that, – that episode that we get with Simon, I really like Simon. Mm-hmm. But I didn't need an episode about mm-hmm. Simon. I enjoy the episode and I think it's – I think the way that it approaches like depiction of gay relationships and stuff mm-hmm. like that is really cool and interesting and yes. like very aggressive and progressive. Um, and I like the actor. So I really didn't have a problem with it. But there definitely was moments where I was like, I'd like to get back to – It really slowed Zab. down the momentum yeah, it's a weird, of the it's, story. It's a weird spot to put it. But I guess it's also kind of the perfect spot to put it. I mean it was like seven or eight and it's just like I guess you could put it there. But like you also – you didn't need it. Yes. I enjoyed it uh, as just an episode of TV. Uh, it might be probably one of my favorite episodes of the show. Interesting. But as a whole, I think that it kind of, like you said, derails the story – and it's kind of like you could technically skip over it if yeah. you on a rewatch and you wouldn't yes. really miss anything other no. than enjoying that episode. Yeah, there's an episode prior. I think it might be the episode right beforehand. You do see a shot in Championship Final where a guy with yes. a suit walks in the door and it lingers a little too long and you're like, and who's cuts, that yeah. person? And you kind of know that it's going to come up mm-hmm. some other point. And it does. And I do like how they tied that shot into Simon's episode. And how they did end Simon's episode going back to Zob sitting mm-hmm. on the, the curb. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah, they do the whole, like, she tried calling him, he didn't pick up. And then right. we see his point of view from that and, like, what he was looking at on the phone. Right. So I liked all of those aspects. What I do find interesting, and this is because I'm a Nick Hornby nerd, is that Todd is the only character that I'm aware of that's in another Nick Hornby novel. Uh-huh. And he's in the novel uh, How to Be Good. And so I thought, if anything, maybe they gave him a standalone episode because he's also a character in another Nick Hornby book. Mm-hmm. And I like that relationship. But other than that, I thought it was a very long episode. I felt like it was a bit of a slog mm-hmm. to get through. And I agree. I do like him. Mm-hmm. But I was like, well, yeah. I, I would I say really the saving grace is that I like the actor and that's mm-hmm. why I like the episode. Because I'm just like, Fair. let this guy play around for a little bit, but – Honestly, guys, I'd like to get back to the show that I'm watching. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm not I'm not going to knock it because I did – I'd be lying if I said I genuinely didn't enjoy the episode. But I'm also like I was feeling the whole time. I was like, is this going to link back in just at the end mm-hmm. or is this going to like – are the – are the things in this going to affect anything in the show outside of my understanding of Simon better? Which, like, I don't need to understand Simon better. I think I got him. I do like the idea of that, of his, like, top five breakups being the one first relationship that he's attempting to do after coming out. Mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting take on the top five. It's far more interesting than the different – the changes that they make to, <laughs> to Zob's top five where I'm just right. like, you don't need to do that. I – I think by losing the um, the second, number two, what's her name? Um, Penny Hart. The one that he just leaves because she, she won't, won't put, put out, out. like mm-hmm. thing. I think that that's a very important thing to have, but it's also a very male kind yes. of thing. Yes, that would have been hard to do with a male not putting out. Yeah. Yes. And I, I think that that is something that, you know, 
they could have fooled around with in some way or another. I think they just chose maybe wisely to just drop it. But they should have uh, supplanted it with something else that mm-hmm. is more from the female experience that, like, I really can't speak to. Mm-hmm. But, like, in that kind of teenage, like, maybe, it, maybe like, she was the penny in a situation like that. Yeah. And that she broke up with this guy because, like, he was being a little bit too upfront and too aggressive and too touchy. And then... But was and then he just like jumped on the she was like maybe if I break up with him he he'll calm down he'll calm down and he'll come back but he just like went right to somebody else that put out right and like something like that because I think that that kind of teenage angsty love is so like solidified in um, jobs but there's really none of that in Zob so we don't really right. get to know who she is like growing up and how she she's changed real. yeah or hasn't changed like that's the whole thing is like he's acting exactly how he was acting when he was a teenager. Right. I did think it was cool that one of the top five for Zob is the character that was with someone else at the time, Mm -hmm. because that's not really explored in the movie so, so much. But in the book, there is a relationship that he gets into. And in the movie, they just gloss over it. They name her Jackie Alden. He was like, oh, Jackie Alden didn't really matter that much to me, so I'm not even getting into it. That's what happens in the movie. Mm. But in the book, Jackie Allen is a character, it's while they're in high school, towards the end of high school, where he is interested in this girl who also has a boyfriend, and just interested until they break up, and then he's no longer interested. Because he was like, oh, well now I have her, all of the excitement is gone. And yeah, I thought that was cool how they did that in this one with the comedian, but boy, oh boy, what a weird character. He's a weird like, character. He shows up and I'm just like, yo, that guy doesn't look safe. Get away no, from him. he looks terrible. Yeah. I was wondering like if something was going to happen too with like Squid or whatever his name is that shows up. Oh, yeah. Who was like with her friend uh, Tanya uh-huh. or Tasha. Yeah. I don't think it matters. But like he didn't recognize <laughs> her because like he was all fucked up and like she looked different. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's going on with this? I do like that birthday episode a lot because it does a lot of weird things that don't really jive well together and I kind of like the sporadic nature of that. I like how they slowly wheel out like it's her birthday, it's her 30th birthday. And that happens in the book too. It's not his 30th birthday, mm-hmm. but he does celebrate a birthday and he's scraping at the bottom of the barrel. Perfect. That's good. I like that a lot. I, I too. love it too and like uh, Squid and uh, maybe Tasha <laughs> uh, are like are like it's your it's your 30th birthday today. It's your 30th birthday and we're – you're hanging out with us? Like they get that it's like that's fucking weird. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I also love the joke. Like have you ever heard of the program Alcoholics Anonymous? Yeah. <laughs> I'm in that. I'm in that. <laughs> yeah, very, very it's a good funny. joke. Very enjoyable. Uh, yeah, so those are like some, some choices from book to film to television that – we're questionable, mm-hmm. but I overall enjoyed. I also but. do like Charisse's, like, if we don't get a season two, I do like that kind of change in the ending. One of the things that really makes me believe that they have a season two already kind of penned out is that there is a lot in the last, like, uh, 30, 40 minutes of the movie that are not really accounted for in the season. Such so as, uh, like, I mean, if like, we're being very specific, though, like, uh, Max, mom or dad dying. And, like... I don't care about that, though, anymore. Right. But I'm, like... I feel like that's something that's very major because it would be like, oh, my dad didn't know that we broke up mm-hmm. and I just never told him because he's been kind of sick. And, and can really you please just you. come to the funeral just so that I don't have to be there alone? Like, why don't you take Lily? And it's like, oh, she's, I don't know, 
write her off from another episode again. Like where it's just like, oh, Lily's not here. I'm just going to go hang out with you and eat pizza on this rooftop. And it's like, Lily's allowed to not be cool with that. Okay. I think it would be awesome if Lily dumped him. Because I thought they were going to do that. I really hoped they would have done I that. Thought that, that he was, was being the shitty. Scene, I thought that was going to be the scene outside the record shop when she shows up and she's like, you're a bitch. I hate you. And He's all yours. I'm done with I him. I thought that that yeah. was going to be. And then it was going to be kind of that thing where it's like, well, now I can have him. But I just told him everything. And now he doesn't want me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I shouldn't have told him doing all this stuff. Again, things would have been interesting after the bombshell dropped if we had already known for at least a few episodes, mm-hmm. it would have been interesting to be like, oh, I didn't see this coming. Right. And also, I like the Lily character just fine enough. There's no Ian. Mm-mm. There's no Ian. No, There's no, no, no Ray. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mr. I, Raymond, Ray no, to his friends. No one And had... especially his downstairs yeah. neighbor. <laughs> I do like the, um, I do like the, uh, the remake of the, like, uh, envisioning beating... Oh Lily yeah, up and stuff. I like the different context of that being outside, where the the random stranger that she got a cigarette <laughs> from just smashes a bottle across her head. I like it. Yeah, I, it's funny because it was at that point where I was like, "Oh, they're just not going to do that scene," and then they did. And that then scene, they do it. Yeah, which was nice. And you feel it coming just the moment before it happens, and you're like, "Cool." Mm-hmm. Like, and again, that's like I don't want to sound hypocritical on it. It's like some of those moments that they do, I just don't like because they're too similar, and other mm-hmm. moments they do just right, just differently, and just a little bit the same, that it just works for me. And I don't think that there's a chemistry to it, which is why Mm -hmm. I think some of it hits and some of it misses, because they can't quite figure out exactly what it is, because it can't just be nailed down. It kind of just has to be this... I mean, it's good writing would help, uh, and the show doesn't have that at all times. Yes, agreed. Yeah, the only times where it is repeating the film, and it really lands, is in the record store. Which is funny. It's like a record that's just like spinning and spinning and spinning. I'm like, oh yeah, this is the song that I'm familiar with, and this lands for me. So yeah, those nice touches of like beating Lily up. I'm like, okay, fun, cool, fun. I get it. All of the the time spent in like the Allied. I think the Allied seems like a really cool bar, and now I kind of want to uh, maybe yeah, find it really that bar. Does. It sounds cool. Um, but yeah, I was going to ask: stuff, Is the Allied from the book or anything? Like, did they refer to the bar that they all go to? Uh uh-uh. uh hmm. That's what I thought it was. I don't believe so. Hmm. I mean, I'm rereading it now, and they haven't mentioned it. I'd imagine they'd have mentioned it by now, yeah. Right. Um, But what I did like was the first time that Charisse and Simon are going out, and they ask Zob if she's going to come out with them. They said, we're going to DeSalle's, Mm -hmm. which from the book and the film, it's Marie LaSalle is the Lisa Bonet character. But it's LaSalle, and they said, do you want to come to DeSalle's? to Dussals with us with a D. And I thought that was like a weird, like, what are you doing here? Sounds like, like a deep cut reference, but like maybe. Like a nice shout out, but not really? Because you messed up the last name? I don't know. It also is very, very weird. And maybe this will be a good segue into Young Boy. Mm-hmm. It's very weird that Zoe Kravitz's mom is in High Fidelity. <laughs> yeah. In rewatching it, when you get to her scene, I was just like, I was just hanging out with your daughter like for a while. <laughs> This is crazy. She was already born when you made this? Right? Because if it was 20 years ago, Zoe Kravitz got to be at least like 26. I would think so. So she, 
okay. Like, I, it's like, it's just things that I had never, like, you know, I've seen the movie before understanding that, like, you are going to marry Lenny Kravitz or you're going to at least have a child with Lenny Kravitz. This was the first time where I was like, you have had a child with Lenny Kravitz. This was mm-hmm. 20 years ago. I know that because I was just hanging out with your daughter for 10 episodes on a TV show <laughs> that you don't know is going to get made because it's 20 years from now. Oh. oh yeah, I guess uh, Zoe was born in '88, so she's like 31. Oh wow! Yeah, so she so was she like was 11, like 12 years. Yeah, yeah, when that movie came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is kind of weird. I'd imagine that's why they reached out to her to play this role. Mm-hmm. I would imagine just for like that tie through, but I really don't know how this show came about at all. No. I don't know the backstory. I'd imagine it was the 20th anniversary was coming up. They're like, let's figure out something that we want to do, and they were just like. It's kind of a little weird to like make a movie about that nowadays. So mm-hmm. maybe we gender swap it. And they're like, oh, okay. Then it has to be a TV show, you know, right? Because you can't have like women in, in comedy leading. What? You can't do that. <laughs> can't do that. No. Uh, <laughs> They've tried a couple times, but a flawed woman as like the lead in a film and it's just never done. Yeah, correctly. so why don't you get your shit together? Mm hmm. <sighs> mm hmm. <sighs> Women are supposed to be perfect at all times. Unfortunately, I think it probably did work out something like that. That's probably <laughs> why it happened. Unfor- Bad people run show business. So yeah. that's probably in a form of what they did or maybe even to like – thinking about it a little bit more positively. Maybe to try and distance itself from the movie, they're like, let's do a different medium. Right. We'll do TV. Streaming is big now. Like, let's try that. That's Streaming's true too. big now in 2020. Yes, it is. Yeah, I like the like the little 2020 nods that they have. Like Instagram's a big some of my favorite thing, parts of it. Yeah, which is very cool. Yeah. The way they adopt. Um, I'm conflicted on this, but I think I like it more than I dislike it. I like that Sharice talks a big game, but that she's never actually like done anything you never really hear her sing mm-hmm. she doesn't know how to play an instrument she says she's gonna learn but she never has mm-hmm. i think that's cool because that's a very modern thing to do these days yes. people grow up talking a big game saying like i'm gonna do this mm-hmm. and they never do it and it still isolates the thing that makes it such a good wow moment when jack black gets up there and he can sing mm-hmm. and it's like it's like it's the drive that that she's going to do this that she's right. going to try her absolute hardest and do and she's not going to let anybody tell her differently even if she doesn't maybe believe in herself as much as she should or mm-hmm. maybe believes in herself a little too much she's going to do it and she's gonna when she opens that guitar case Aww. and she does that like she can't she can barely take it it's good shit it's really and good. i was like she sold the bowie album she sold the bowie album she sold the bowie album I'm and, sorry. She did. and then she did and you see and you're like yeah. yeah. Like it's moments like that where you're like, I care about these people. Oh, wow. I didn't think that I, I, like I did, Zob. but like I do. Yeah. <laughs> Zob got me in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a moment where Zob becomes Rob. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. there is a striving for growth. Like it's happening and we're seeing it. But yeah, so that's like a fun moment that's very modern. As I shouted out before, I love that the cat Charlie character is an Instagram influencer. I think that's really fun. And I like all of the mobility of having the cell phone. I thought I would hate it. Mm-hmm. I really like it. I like it that she built out this playlist for Mac and then sends it to him one night and it's as easy as that. I like that the mixtapes are kind of like introduced as that, but then also introduced as like actual cassette tapes, like yeah. by a line of dialogue. And they're like, yeah, they're weird but warm. And it's like, you know, that's the thing that you always say that 
kind of sounds like a little pretentious at and especially at this point because it's the go-to but mm-hmm. you know I collect records I'm I get new ones old ones stuff that you can just find on Spotify and I spend a lot of money on my record collection just because I like the tangibility of it I'm the I same like way. the weight I like the objectification of it and it, it does sound it doesn't sound better by you know like audio standards I in my opinion, but I think that it does, it's got a different sound to it that makes listening to it better. Mm-hmm. And the easiest way to say that is just the go-to, just like, it sounds warm. Mm-hmm. It just sounds like a hug. It sounds better. Mm-hmm. And I think probably a reason that High Fidelity resonates with you, just in the same way it resonates with me, we are the type of people who enjoy looking at our shelves and seeing what we have collected, because it sometimes speaks to who we are more than we can speak to who we are ourselves. Yeah, and that's I totally that... get in that, into that mantra and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's a very – we're pop culture peeps, and mm-hmm. we like utilizing pop culture to be able to engage in conversation, compare lives, maybe even learn lessons. I've learned some of the best lessons in my life from movies and music and mm-hmm. books. Um, Agreed. And I, I actually did uh, reset my DVD shelf – uh, autobiographically when I was younger based off of High Fidelity and the whole thing. Uh, I I don't know if I did it exact because it seems to me like he kind of did it as like when he got them. Yes, correct. I did it as these are moments in my life and these are the movies that communicate those. Mm. You know, so I was like, you know, when I was younger, I would put like like Home Alone, like that reminds me of like when I was young watching Home Alone, but I also have like, you know, Jeepers Creepers back there because I watched Jeepers Creepers for like when I was like way too young and I got it right next to child's play and um, uh, what's that movie, the vanishing or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was these two horror movies that my babysitter showed me because she had her boyfriend come over and she was like, just watch these. And it was child's play and like um, the hackening or something like that. I can see the poster where he's got the big like uh, hedge clippers and he's about to like put it down or something. Ah. I can't remember the name of it. Um, yeah. Fucked me up. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, those are like defining moments in your life, and it's easy to explain yourself through these defining moments, which is something that's obviously very relatable, that I think the show kind of lacks a little bit. Hmm. I think they do some nice music call-outs, and actually I'm really unfamiliar with a lot of the music that they do call out Mm -hmm. to replace things like the beta band or whatever you have on that first uh, soundtrack, but they make some shout-outs that I'm not Really mm-hmm. tracking? There was a couple I got just because, you know, through D, like, I, I usually keep up on, like, the good, sweet happenings in music. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've fallen off of music the past, like, five years uh, for some reason. I don't know why hmm. I don't have hmm. Any free time, time to listen to music, music? <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um, and there was a couple where I was just like, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh Love getting a nice Pointer Sisters reference out there, too. Yeah, that's a yeah. a good job. Good job, guys. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. But I think that they were more concerned with just name dropping than mm-hmm. actually having any emotional attachment to what they were name dropping. Sure. I didn't feel like it was as heartfelt mm-hmm. as it was prior to this Yeah, show. that's interesting. I agree with that 100%. Yes. Yeah, they are. You kind of feel like Todd Berry and, and uh, Job are like – this is personal. They like this shit even if they don't like it. Like Barry likes talking about how like how much he doesn't like some stuff mm-hmm. just as much as he likes talking about the stuff that he does. Mm-hmm. Real quick, because uh, yeah. I, I in High Fidelity, mm-hmm. the movie, um, 
There's a scene, and I never picked up on this before. And watching it last night, they talk about, I haven't seen Evil Dead 2 yet. Mm-hmm. I would call you a liar because you've seen Evil Dead twice. Once with Laura, oops, oops, oops. Mm-hmm. And once with me and Todd. We talked about how like it was really, like uh, what, how was it like rational to be able to create Beretta rounds like in the 14th century. That's from Army of Darkness. Yes. Which is Evil Dead 3. Correct. Now, I paused the movie last night and I thought about this for half an hour. Um, it is possible that it is impossible. It, it is not possible in my mind that that is a goof mm-hmm. because the movie is so set on pop culture. It's such a tangent thing. It's not a throwaway. It's the basis of the scene. So in my mind, I'm like, there must be something that was lost in editing Either a line was dropped or something where I think that what he's saying is like, we saw Evil Dead 2 together and then we were arguing about Army of Darkness. Maybe. I think that's what they're getting at. Or are they being snobs and they're referring to Army of Darkness as Evil Dead 2 because Evil Dead 2 is technically a remake of Evil Dead 1, but not really because it's only a remake up until about the first third and then it kind of does its own thing. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this for a lot last night. It's, I had it's never a little noticed weird, it isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird and. I think I got it to a point where I could click play again and still respect them. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you can't do that. Don't do that. That's army. Like, you guys are all talking about this music stuff. And sure, like, I know about Stevie Wonder and Marvin Gaye and stuff. But, like, when it comes to movies, hold your horses now. Mm-hmm. And perhaps in a very weird, fun way, maybe they are making you doubt them. Right. To, like, clue you in. I'm like, sure. oh, I'm just as big of a nerd as these guys. Yes. And it's, like, the movie's way of saying, like... Oh, Come you're on. a nerd, too. I like that even more. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yes. So maybe it's a flub on purpose. Mm-hmm. I doubt it. But that's a cool read. And it's in thinking about that, like, I realized how much of my personality is kind of like these, you know, I've talked about how, like, a lot of a lot of different characters, like um, uh, Jesse and um, Celine? Yeah. Yeah, Celine? that's right. Oh, jeez. From the Before Trilogy? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I couldn't it's remember her name for like a second. It's Celine. It's Celine. Yeah. Keep going. Keep uh, going. Jesse and Celine, yeah. like they're a part of my like kind of personality. And like there's a little bit of Todd and a little bit of Barry and a little bit of Job like in my personality even to this day, some more so than others when I talk – especially when I talk about pop culture stuff. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes there is like moments where I'm just like Todd where I'm just kind of matter-of-factly and just using – I do the thing. They all do it at certain points but Todd – does it the best where he's just like, you know, it's just kind of like Marvin Gaye, but pre-1977 with a little bit of 1968 slash 1972 Elvis. You do that a lot, actually. Yes, I do. Uh, And so there's like a lot of fun stuff like that, uh, that in rewatching it last night, I was like, my friends, my old friends, I just made some new friends that are a lot like you, but I like you guys more. Mm -hmm. You're my friend friends. You've always been there for me. You don't even know I exist. Right. <laughs> you you defined me. <laughs> um, yeah, like a quick retcon. I'm just like sitting here realizing and hearing Todd over and over and over again. That's uh, – the actor's name is Todd Luizzo. His character's name is Dick. It's oh, Barry it's Dick. and Dick. Oh, jeez. So retconning what we've been talking about, you know, in the back. It like, is Dick. Yeah. Right. But the actor's name is Todd. And so I think I started us off and I, I like said Todd, Todd once. And I like Todd. Then it just kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, um, I agree with you that there's something Jesse, going it was on. Jesse and Todd, right? Jesse and Todd from the before from trilogy? the before trilogy. Jesse and Dick. Yeah, I thought you meant Todd and Celine. Todd, Todd and, and Celine. Todd. Todd and Todd. It, <laughs> ooh, 
Mm. Before trilogy, but it's just two Todds talking. <laughs> they wouldn't even be able to speak to each other. I think they'd, they'd have a so lot shy. to talk about. You think so? Yeah, I think they'd have a lot to talk about. They wouldn't be weirded out by the situation that there are two of them. No, that you would have they to set that up. You'd have to set that up in advance and yes. be like, "He's aware of why this is happening. Yeah. He's cool with it." Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, like a few of the the quick other things that we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, the kids, I I liked. That the kids were not used as heavily in the show. The kids who uh, steal records from the shop and mm-hmm. are also musicians. It was like a quick aside, but it was like a really nice heartfelt aside. Mm-hmm. It's another thing that makes me think like they're coming back in a season two that's going to be more revolved around the her DJing a set for a record release. That's why she never was like, I'll produce your record. It's mm-hmm. like laying the seeds there and stuff like that now. I can see that. I can see I that. Can, I just feel like there's a lot of stuff in the last act of the movie that is not even really dealt with in any way. Where I'm not like, they're all. just going to turn that entire last act into one more season. Possibly. Yeah. But I think these uh, kids kind of lacked uh, the heft. But I, I guess it is because they gave them so much agency in mm-hmm. the film and the book. Like, they were significant turning points in Rob's life. And in this show, it doesn't seem like that's, like, a turning point for her character. She's just yeah. like, well, I like that you're choosing records that I like. So, yeah, like, I heard your samples. They were pretty good. But it just seemed like such a throwaway. Mm-hmm. Even though that the kids could have been very compelling. But they ended up not being. But, yeah, I guess yeah. if they go back to it in a second that's season. That's the thing. is like I think that they're going to pull, like, a Charisse-style a Simon style Sharice episode where it's going to go back and show that she's been like practicing with these guys because yeah. she kept going over there mm-hmm. and we're going to see all that. And then it's that episode is probably going to end with like the big performance and stuff like that. Yeah, perhaps. Mayhaps. And then that one scene, I think the only scene that ever confused me during this entire show, when the young musician, Liam and <sighs> Zob are on the couch. So we haven't even really talked about the Marie LaSalle character yet mm-hmm. in this show. And it's He's this... a snack. Yeah, I guess. But <laughs> I mean, everyone's got their tastes and um that's mine right there. That's uh <laughs> yeah. he's got a nice real real nice smile. He's mm-hmm. got eyes that kind of just like let you know that you're gonna be okay, but maybe you're not. It's nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in that scene where they're sitting on the couch and Liam starts talking about his ex, and then he says, graduation, like, oh, yeah, well, we split right after graduation. And she was like, oh, college? And he was like, high school. I didn't track immediately that he was also a recent high school graduate. I immediately thought, like, oh, he's older, and he was with a high schooler? Me too. Okay, so that wasn't confusing on my part. it, It hit me like that, too, where I was like, oh, she skeeved out. Because he was, like, with a high schooler and he, like, wrote a song about it. But then before she gets out of the room, I started backtracking. I was like, oh, but she's not acting. I feel like she would be out enough. Yeah, I feel like she would be like, oh, no, fuck you. And, like, would leave. But she seemed like she was trying to not hurt his feelings. So I was like, what's going on here? Oh, is that supposed to mean that he's 19? And I think the major flaw of that is that – um. That's a full-grown boy. <laughs> like, yeah. that That guy is not 19. No. There's no way. There's no – I want to know how old he is. <laughs> Let's find do out. Do you have him on here? Because I do. Because if he is 19 – if he is 21 or under, I'll eat my boot right now. Where's this guy's birthday? What's his name? 
Thomas Doherty. Thomas Doherty. Hmm. <laughs> Not sure. But he does sure. look really nice while you're looking for that. I'll talk about how much I like his little like, yeah. neck tattoo that he's got right there. Like how sometimes you can't read it, but like if you, he really makes you work for it. You know, it's like one of those bios that makes you do the math. Oh, no. So he said he was studying music theater in 2015. Hmm. 2015, studying music theater, but he could have been any age. So, Thomas Darty. Ooh, Let's look him go. up just to find out. But yeah, I found that scene very confusing and unnecessarily so. Like, I was like, I don't need to feel dumb <laughs> during this right. show. No, no, no. Like, what's happening? It was here? very confusing for me as well. So, you are not alone. What oh, do we. He is 24 years old. You bet your fucking ass he's 24 years old. (laughs) Yeah. He's a fucking man. Yeah. (laughs) He's not much younger than Zoe Kravitz. No. No. And that was like a confusing moment for me. But I did find the the moments when they were together interesting. How is he drinking? What's going on here? Oh, I didn't understand that either. That's the thing. He was in the bar drinking. He was just in the bar drinking. Like, how did he get the... Oh, I guess it's because he looks like a 24-year-old for some fucking reason. Right. (laughs) Right, and like not <laughs> so silly. every bar card's like rarely sure. does a bar card. And it's New York, yeah, they're not too intense on it. And if you walk okay. in with like Rob and people that you're tracking, they're not mm-hmm. going to bring in an underage and kid to go drinking. he's playing at the show, so at the bar that right. they met him at, I get it, all right. Yeah. But yeah, I thought, uh, I did like the nice nod, and I swear, now that I live in New York, because prior to living in New York, I was just like, oh, yeah, all of these New York references, all of these shows and movies that take place in New York mm-hmm. didn't really mean as much to me. But now that I live here and the fact that he was playing a show at Brooklyn Steel yeah. and she was like in the wings mm-hmm. hanging out with him, I'm like, oh, I've been there. Yeah. I'm a New Yorker, which <laughs> is like a really silly thing because I'm, I'm really not yet still. Like I'm still like, you know, treading the water and like learning more and more about the city and the state. This is one of the things I was the most excited to talk to you about when it came to Clyde because I started watching this show knowing that we were going to record this episode and I was like watching the show like I'm going to talk to Bernadette Gorman White, my friend, about this show. And as soon as Clyde showed up and he's like, hi, I just moved to New York. I was like, (laughs) oh, well, well, well. Yeah, maybe. I I didn't even track that that's maybe why I liked him. Oh, really? But yeah, I liked him like Almost immediately. He's a nice boy. A nice boy who happens to have, like, a seated past that you find out. He was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I used to be a fuck boy. I used to deal with all this drama. Mm-hmm. And I'm over it. I'm over it. I don't want to do that. When he punches that guy, Whew. you're just like, cool. <laughs> but you're also like, oh, no, he's going back to his old ways, which mm-hmm. he doesn't want. I also love the twisting of, um, you know, the, the, the if you don't know, you said think. He said, think, that means you don't know. And if you don't know, then that means that maybe there is a chance. I like that whole thing where he's just like, dude, like, I'm not into it. Please mm-hmm. stop. And she's like so desperately kind of going for it. And he's like, look, I'm not interested in this. I don't want to do this shit. And like, it's, I love that scene so much. Like, Me too. really skipping ahead in their relationship right there with, like, I love everything about him, learning about him and him coming out and being very sweet and all that stuff. But, I love the whole, like, he disappears, and then, like, he's like, oh, my car got towed and all that stuff. Like, I like Clyde a lot. I do, too. I'm definitely team Clyde. Mm-hmm. And it's it's nice that I do like Clyde, because if I didn't like Clyde, I would probably, I wouldn't get anything positive out of, like, the loss of, like, caring about Mac and stuff like that because of this new character. Like, if I also didn't like the new love interest character that they introduced, it would be fucked. Yeah, and I yeah. probably wouldn't like... Uh, 
Zob too much either Mm-mm. because some of the best stuff that you get out of her is when she's trying to like bullshit with Clyde mm-hmm. and you're like, dude, you're full of shit. Like you like this guy. Stop it. Come mm-hmm. on. What's not to like about this guy? Agreed. And I think uh, that's what makes this show so hard for me to like really resonate with Zob is that more often than not, I'm in the Clyde boat. Like I'm the one who's into someone who's just like kind of wishy-washy on me who's kind of like pulling my leg and only using me when I'm convenient. Mm -hmm. That's happened to me a couple times. But it's because I think when you're a nicer person and you have a nicer sensibility, it's easy for that to happen to you. Mm -hmm. But it's because usually you're a little bit more mature than everyone around you at that age group. You're pretty mature, yeah. Yeah, I'm not like villainizing any of the people who have done this to me in the past. Yeah, no, and it's 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 just a certain age that that's what happens. I like how you're kind of like – like it just like it's easy for it to happen to me, not it's easy for people to do it to me. Correct. It's like it's easy for it just to kind of like fall into that kind of push and pull kind of situation because sometimes people do stuff like that and they're not aware of it. And right. it's just kind of like based on the nature of the relationship, it's like advantageous, but like no one's actually taking advantage of anything and it's just kind of right. happening. Yeah, and that sucks. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I, f- I feel like the people that I vibe with more now, more so than any other time in my life, we all had that, like, bad boy personality at some point mm. and grew out of it. Mm. Some of us grew bad out of it. Bad boy burn? Bad boy burn. <laughs> but some of us grew out of it much sooner than others. And we were all kind of aging out of that phase at different points. And it's kind of cool to hear that, like, no, Clyde used to run with that type of group, but he's mm-hmm. done with it. Yeah. And he's bummed. He moved to the city. And now he's gay. (laughs) And now he goes rock climbing all the time Mm -hmm. because that's how he stays out of trouble. (laughs) But um, I love that so much. Oh my god! That's why he spends so much time there. (laughs) Yeah, and he—it's the—he's like, oh yeah, I like do this thing with kids. I love his whole thing with like, I'm not good with kids because um. It me. Yeah. <laughs> I am not good with kids because I I am very toxic in the way where I want people to like me mm-hmm. and I will do anything in my power to get people to like me. Takes one to know and one. And that does not fucking work on kids <laughs> no. because kids can see through bullshit right away yep. and they're just like, no, 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 fuck this Mm-mm. shit. And so then I'm like, oh shit, they can see that I'm bullshit. That means I got to get real. And then I'll like swear in front of them <laughs> or something and they're just like, you're not supposed to do that in front of me I'm like oh shit that's right okay well then I'll make the joke that like the other kid just made with you and haha and they're just like You're an yo adult. it's super fucking weird coming <laughs> from you man you can't do that and I'm just like why don't you like me and yeah, I'm not good with kids well maybe you should go volunteer somewhere I work and learn here. how to I, deal I, with I, kids I work at the theater I get I private events you guys go want to go watch Cinderella thank you so much you're welcome I'm the cool guy no, I got the movie theater. I'm the cool guy. I don't That's have to true. try anymore. That's true. I mean, for all intents and purposes, it is like you're volunteering here. Yes. Yeah. You are Clyde. Mm-hmm. Why can't I listen to music anymore? Mm. Just right there. Mm. Yeah. At your fingertips at all times. Todd or Dick. <laughs> you pick. Mm. Mm. But yeah, I like this Clyde character. But I, yeah, we're on different sides of the coin here because I really like where it ended. Although I do feel like it's, as I said, kind of like a punishment for a female Rob that she doesn't get what she wants at the end. Mm -hmm. I think it's very good growth for the character because it's more realistic Mm -hmm. in this day and age that sometimes you don't get what you want. And that's like a harsh reality, which I like. Mm -hmm. But I guess I don't like that it's a female character that it happens to. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't take away from its realism. Sure. 
But I like. And it's kind of like Watchmen, where I'm like, I'd be cool with that being the ending. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, I take another season of that. Oh, what, for sure. What do you got? Like, what do you got? Like, I think that. Whereas with Watchmen, I'm kind of like, you you would really have to fuck up to mess this up. Mm-hmm. With High Fidelity, I'm kind of like, I mean. You can you can't, on this. You can't really fuck it up. Yeah, no. it's like, it's already kind of just like fucked up, but like, I'm into it. Like, you drop another 10 episodes in like eight months, I'll watch them and I'll be excited about it. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's kind of the whole thing where I'm like, yeah, I, they have to come out with a second season. Like, there's, you I think so? Honestly, the only thing that I think would stop them from doing it is if it's not successful and reviewed well enough. And it's getting fairly good reviews. Most mm-hmm. people have very middling critiques about it which i think is a lot of the stuff that we're kind of talking about where it's like it it soars best when it flies on its own yes kind of thing and i honestly feel like the deeper they get into a show the less of that stuff that they'll be doing Mm -hmm. they'll be be forced to be doing some more original stuff right they're running out of material like what if lily breaks up with mac but then mac and zob decide that they're not going to get back together because she's with clyde by that point so they're just going to be friends. And then Lily shows up and she is engaged to Tim Robbins. Oh my gosh. That went somewhere and then, that and oh, then I did Zob not expect. needs to help Mac like get over the fact that Lily and Lily and Ian, and Ian. are together. And it's like actually Ian? It's not no, just it, Tim Robbins? I want it to be Tim Robbins and it's Ian. <laughs> right. And that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Ew. Actually, like, if, if Lily breaks up with Mac, I'm cool with, like, never seeing Mac again. I don't know. His character was just, like, he seemed like such a scumbag to, like, still be with Lily, even though he was clearly... Mm-hmm. He seemed upset about it. He was like, gosh, now I'm stuck with this this chick that I'm not even that There's, into. I mean, and that's kind of what Laura's doing. Laura is very much rebounding, and mm-hmm. she's kind of honest about it at the end. She's like... I don't care about Ian at all and go home with you right now. Yeah, and what's going to happen in the long run? Yeah, Probably and nothing. Gone. Yeah, and that this was just kind of like the – I like how you don't really find out – like, doesn't she say something like she was like he was just there or something? Or am I making that up? Like, Pretty much. I mean, in so many words. It was just like few words. he was just there. It was accessible. And mm-hmm. um, I remember saying out loud when, uh, when um, they're at the brunch – also, if you make fun of brunch, you're good in my book. I love brunch. I love brunch. I love brunch. Okay. love making fun of brunch, too. Do you? It's silly. That's why I think I like it so much, because <laughs> it's very silly. You get to do a silly thing together with other adults, and you're like, look at this. This is great. I like We're it that you to get to eat breakfast and drink, and it's, cool. it's like, acceptable. It's silly. It's a silly thing. <laughs> Um, and they were just it's like, just take breakfast and lunch and put it together. Brunch. Yeah. Um, it's a really cool idea. It's a pretty big, like, enabler in alcoholism. Groundbreaking, But whatever. I love that. It's like, uh, we just want to let you know that Mac's back in town. I'm like, yeah, I already know. I'm cool with it. We talked. It's okay. I bumped into the street. Oh, that's great. That's really good. Yeah, because I just, you know, like, you know, when I found out about the Lily thing, you know, it was crazy, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, all right, I'll be right back. And she's, <laughs> I, I said out loud, I was like, I, and Diana was right there next to me. I was like, okay, show. You need to land this. You need to do this just right. Do not give me, do not give me this, Charlie, you fucking bitch. Let's work it out thing. Again, please, nail it. And they nailed it. Like, what fucking Lily girl? Like, it's great. That was pretty good, yeah. I like it. And I like that this version of Rob just like Irish goodbyes all the time. Yes. I'm into that. Yes. Because that's like a very 
I think, modern thing to do. Mm -hmm. I don't think that used to be very prevalent. Granted, I only grew up in one time, Mm -hmm. so I can't really make an attest to an earlier time that I didn't exist in. It's very much a city but thing, too. Where I feel it's like, like it's you very have so new. many hustle and bustle. There's so much going on. It's very rare that you would bump into one another unless each other knows where the other one lives and works. Right. You can really just be like, you know, we're going to go do this Tinder thing. I'm not into this. I'm going to go to the bathroom. And that's why I was like, hey, I thought you were bouncing because like, that's like a go-to. But she left her phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. And she, she some fruity pebbles and it made me want some fruity pebbles real bad. Yeah. I didn't have that reaction, but I can imagine. Fruity Pebbles are pretty good. I haven't yeah. had them in a long time. Treat yourself. We got to set up our cereal station here at the theater. Yeah, we can have cereal all the time. That is, that's right. <laughs> over, I'm over popcorn. We don't need it anymore. You're done. Just popcorn buckets full of We don't do popcorn fruity pebbles. anymore. We do bowls of cereal until we get sick of that. And then we're going to do something else. <laughs> so messy. I mean, both things are messy, but mm-hmm. what can you do? <laughs> But, um, yeah, quick thing that I didn't bring up. I like all the clothing references that Rob wears in the show. Totally cool. I think, like, the Dickies shirt. The Dickies shirt, like, got me. Yeah. I used to have that shirt. Oh, yeah. And I was like, it's my High Fidelity shirt. And yep. I, when she showed up, and I was like, fuck yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. What happened to your shirt? The Dickies shirt? Yeah. It's in Japan somewhere. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Crazy stories in I Japan. Used to, I used to live in Japan. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if I've told you that or if I've ever mentioned that before. Oh, only a few times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I lost it like one night. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. But yeah, even like her sweater vests were very cool. I was into like the baggier clothing. I thought it was neat. They did a good job. Mm-hmm. The The stylist for the show did a very good job mm-hmm. of outfitting these people. And like Charisse and like all of these ridiculous outfits, just like Barry would wear ridiculous outfits. And everyone else just looked fine. <laughs> but yeah. that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I like uh, his pill shirt. Mm-hmm. Simon's pill shirt's good. Mm-hmm. Somebody they say is like, "Why are you dressed like it's the first day that you're gay?" And <laughs> yeah. I was like, "It's pretty good. It's a good joke." Yeah, those three guys were a little silly, but, it, but I was they also, were like really cartoony. It's one of the things taste, where I'm just like, "Are they trying to sell me on a Simon Show <laughs> spinoff?" Like, because like it felt very different. I was like, "Cause I, like I kind of be into a couple episodes of that with these guys." Yeah, just tonally very bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, I feel like we've exhausted a lot of the topics. Um, Mm. We tried to get back more into the show. I felt like the first half of this was heavily film referenced, but Mm -hmm. well, so is the show. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm actually really interested now to read the book. I've always wanted to. Well, I will loan it to you once I'm done. Oh, that's perfect. (laughs) It's I should start I should start borrowing books from people because then I have to give them back. It's true. I will and, ask for this back. And I'm a big, like, I don't really lend things out anymore because, mm-hmm. like, I've lost so many good things that way. I still haven't been able to get uh, a couple records back from one of my friends. Is mm. Fuck. Well, I have I a good handful of, of your DVDs, so. Yeah, well, uh, DVDs, uh, DVDs I hand out because, like, I'm dwindling my DVD collection down and mm. transferring over to Blu-ray and stuff like that because I've been... I've been bought. The great recollection. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. Blu-ray's good. That's yeah. true. 4K's bullshit. It's just a color correction. That's all I say. Yeah, I don't have any strong opinions on that, so I guess I'm not. Yeah, mm-hmm. you don't need it. There's only so far you can go. Yeah. yeah. 2K's pretty cool. I like 2K, but 1080's fine. 1080's just fine. Mm-hmm. Good little 5.1, 7.1 surround. That's good. If it's Dolby, it's good, and most people are. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if I had a working VCR, I would still just pop in a VHS. I still do, to be and I do it all the time. Yeah. I like watching. I like watching stuff on VHS because it's just. Um, I like the grain. Feels warmer. It does feel it warmer. It does feel warmer. It's good. It's good. <laughs> we always joke about that at the theater where it's like VHSs are kind of like the way people are like collecting records. Like VHSs, yeah. VHSs are coming back. Okay, they're going to come back. I'd be into that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to open like a VCR repair shop here and like oh, and rent so and cool. rent out VHS tapes. And it's like if you don't have a VCR, you can buy one from us. And if it ever breaks, you bring it in and we'll fix it or replace it. Oh my gosh! I think that'd be cool. So that like little alcove that we have in yeah. the front in the lobby, could mm-hmm. you like build that out to like a small room and you could just have like a small little desk and it's a glass case. You know case. the art gallery across the street? Yeah. The where like Fab House used to be. Yeah. Shout out to Fab House, Ricardo Fuentes, who helped design our logo like six years ago and didn't even know what he did. And now we use it all the time. <laughs> and it's super successful. Thank That's you great. so much. He just got married. I went to his wedding. It was oh. really nice. He's married to my friend Emma. She's really cool. Um, I want to I want to open up like a video store over there and have like an office be there. Oh, I want to find out how much the rent this. is. Yeah. Can I be like the Rob of over there? Yeah, That'd be cool. that's where you would go. Or I can be like, <laughs> we, we put you over there. We're like, ah, oh, she's over there. You could go talk to her over there. Or I'll even like I'll be the dick over there. I feel like I'm more of mm-hmm. more. You could be all three Rob. of them. Oh, I love yeah. this. <laughs> like it's Barry Tuesday. Ooh, I also love. That. I also love the change. I love this is going to be my Monday morning mix. And like, well, it's the afternoon. Why don't you show up earlier? I love in the show. There's like, this is my Monday morning mix. And like, it's fucking Tuesday. It's good. <laughs> You're it's, late it's a by good a little, day. It's a good little take the same joke, little twist to it. Fun. Agreed. Just Agreed. fresh enough to be fun. I wish they understood how to do that more. Mm-hmm. All across the board. And I yeah. feel like that's a lot of the reaction they're getting critically and review wise. So I feel like they'll implement those into season two more. And I also think that – I think that's already their plan for season two because they don't have as much to work with. Maybe they'll dive more deeper into the book and take some lines and stuff out of the book that wasn't in the movie. Mm-hmm. I think they just played it safe for like that kind of nostalgic factor. You know, that idea – it's like more people are going to watch a show called High Fidelity than people are going to watch this exact same show removing the High Fidelity stuff and calling it something else. Sure. And that's kind of the whole thing where it's like – all right, is this going to disrespect this thing that I really like by just using it to sell shit? <clears throat> Star Wars. Or mm-hmm. is this going to be something that's kind of like a cool cover of one of my favorite songs? And I think that that's what the show does. Um, sometimes hitting, sometimes missing, but mm-hmm. not every track on a record can be great. It's true. It's great when they are, and that's why they're masterpieces. Do I think the show's ever going to be a masterpiece? No. Well, I think it could be a good, like, you know, offspring Americana or <laughs> Linkin Park hybrid theory. Oh, that, that's actually really good. It, it's, they're really good. They're really yeah. good. Hybrid theory is very good. Mm-hmm. I also have good taste in music. Those are just, like, things that I really like. Oh, I think that is good music. I think it is, too. Yeah. Not everybody does. Oh, well. They literally we make disagree. fun of it in this show. I know. <laughs> which is really good. She names all those bands, and I was like... I like some of those. <laughs> those, uh, those some douchebag bands, but yeah, you know, I'm kind of into that. And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, this definitely, if we're talking about it, as far as like covers go, mm-hmm. this is no like Marilyn Manson cover, but mm-hmm. it's like yeah. more of like a no doubt cover, like yeah, good but not twisted great. it up a little bit. And I like that they talk about covers a lot in this one too, they because do. I mean, I think that that is thematically what they're going for, and I think that in that regard, they do a, a good job. Yeah. Not as, a great job. Good mm, job. Good job. As far as covering go, yes, good job. As far as like a remix of a playlist, bad job. Yeah, no. It's all out of order in all the wrong ways. Mm-hmm. It's so like offbeat. But as a as a cover, yeah. cool. 
changing it up a little bit, kind of tossing a different genre on it, which is what I think you need to do, especially for the the time distance. Like the, mm-hmm. it's a millennial. Mm-hmm. It's not Generation X anymore. It's millennial stuff. And I think that they do really cool with that. I really love the Spotify playlist thing. I want to start doing that now more. Like making, making private playlists. playlists for friends of mine. But I love the idea of keeping it to five. Ooh. That's cool. Yeah. Like that's what they do in like the movie. And then there's like it's five songs. I'll send you like top five songs that comes from that mixtape where he's like you have to figure out how to go. And I like the idea. Of, I don't think he makes a, a mixtape just out of five songs. He, it, he's going to do it for the um, the girl that's um, interviewing him for oh, the reader. Yeah. He's like, what are your top five songs? He's like, I'll make you a mix. And that's when he drops like the whole mix thing. It's like it's delicate arts and he's making five. And I think she says something in the show about like – making a playlist and I don't know why but I just automatically thought it was like she's just doing a playlist of five songs interesting and that just makes it fun for me because it makes it it's like a a little extra challenge yeah yeah I think in the movie too it never resonated with me that way I think she says like your top five songs and he was like I'll make you a playlist Ah. but I didn't think it was I'll make you a playlist of the top five just the top five but Mm -hmm. who knows it's interesting. It's kind of like the one when I uh, do the trailer reels and stuff here. It's like you can oh, yeah. only fit so many trailers in there, and sometimes you have to show, you know, like three of them. Warner two Brothers of them. is like you have to show these two Warner Brother ones coming up. Then you can show whatever else you want, and we have to hit that fifteen minute mark for like concessions and stuff. So I always like doing like the older trailer reels, and it's always like like for downhill, which we're starting tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I got um, the trailer for. Um, uh, what is it? Because Paris, or like it's a short film that Julia Louise Dreyfus was in a couple years ago in like oh, 2015. Gosh, sure. It's really good. It's just about her going through Paris and hating Paris because okay. Paris sucks and just like not having a good time. Uh huh. Um, it's because Paris or became Paris. Paris oh, because I only know forget Paris. Yeah, it's uh, I can't remember. But and then I also have a night at the Roxbury. I got a, I, I found <laughs> I found a real good trailer of that like OG trailer and put that right in there. Perfect. I was playing it today in the bar, like just messing around with like the levels, and someone heard it and was like, "Like the Roxbury, fuck yeah, it's a funny movie." <laughs> oh, funny movie. I'm like, yeah, everyone loves that movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. That was like golden era of comedies. It's a good. Right that's a good MC17 movie. That would be a good MC17 movie. Mm. Listeners, if you're interested in MC17, you have to stay tuned. Oh yeah, we'll yeah. be announcing stuff on it. It's gonna be yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna get weird over here at the theater now. It's gonna be good. MC17. Yes, it's M- Midnight Cinema 17. Not, <laughs> we're not being like, yeah, we're going to get weird over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good clarification for sure. Well, I think um, as you can tell, since we're so hesitant to get off mic, we clearly like existing in this world. <laughs> so listeners, if we can't convince you, you should go convince yourself. Check out the 2000 Stephen Frears film, High Fidelity First. Just to, like get your toes wet if you haven't already. And then launch into the show. I think you'll be rewarded because you do that. Don't watch it in the opposite order if you haven't watched either. Um, thank you for joining me. Do you have any last thoughts? No. I, I think the cover thing I said was pretty cool. And you want to, yeah, go I'll, out on a high note? I'll land on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, Real definitely crowd not, pleaser. I'm definitely not the first person to say that. So <laughs> no, fine. that's okay. Um, yeah, I think I'm done too. I'll definitely be thinking about this for a while. You've kind of sold me on a second season. I think it would just be interesting and fun to like return to it and kind of see if they can kind of fix some of their mistakes and maybe make the Mac character a little bit interesting. They've got their hands tied for that, but I think it would be, I would be interested to see how they could do it. And I think one of the best ways to do it is to really capitalize on making Lily 
making that character more of a character Mm -hmm. and not just like a really bad like remix of like the Ian kind of stuff. Like I think really making her do something and have like a little bit of agency in the story I think would be a fun, interesting way to show Mac and uh, Rob as friends. And I think that they can use Clyde by doing that where it's like Clyde finally says yes and then all of a sudden – Mac Lily breaks up available. with Mac and yeah, now now he's going to and now Mac gets his top five heartbreaks and it says that to Rob. Like maybe that can be something to make this more interesting. I think it'd be fun. I think they have some cool things that they can do in the universe where there's you never thought of the high fidelity universe as having rules, but it does. And I mm-hmm. think the show kind of follows those rules and builds on them a little bit more. And I'd be interested to see how they can come up with different stories to tell, like in that universe. Interesting. Yeah, I think the Ian character, like, I don't really like the Lily character because they made her very vapid Mm. and they wrote her in a very shallow manner. Yes. Ian is the same way. Yes. But at least Ian isn't, like, asking for forgiveness. Like, he's already cocksure, even though he probably shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. Lily, on the other hand, plays, like, that womanly role where she just, like, wants approval and wants things to be cool. Mm -hmm. Conflict resolution is not her job. No. No. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about – if Mac did a top five, I wouldn't be into it. Mm-hmm. But if the show did some work and it felt earned. Mm-hmm. I mean, just imagine that. He's like, uh, my top five, like, heartbreaks and stuff. And he gets, like, all it's the all way Rob. through four. No. <laughs> and it's like you get all through four and Rob still hasn't been mentioned in anything. And, and Rob's just and like, what if it's I have to be five, right? And he's like, well. No, Lily's the fifth. could be interesting. I think it would be fun stuff that you could do. Or you could say, like, number one, you, obviously – Number two, <laughs> where is he from? Is it supposed to be London? Yeah, I don't he's, know from he's from London. He lives in London for a year. And that I'm pizza like, also oh. that they're eating looks really fucking good. Yeah. Do you see that pizza up there? Yeah. Do you see that pizza and some Modelo? Mm, that sounds great. <laughs> we should figure out a way to get up onto the roof of the theater. I'm sure there's a way. Set some like chairs up there. Cool. I mean, that would be cool. Yeah. Probably people would not think that that was very cool, but we would think it we was cool. We would think that was cool, yeah. Cool. <laughs> All these good ideas coming out on this podcast. Yeah, right? We're, just, we're thinking. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, listeners, we won't pull your legs any further. We'll end this episode. Uh, make sure to check out the mothership for all of our handles. Go to storyscreenbeacon.com. Scroll to the bottom. You can subscribe to our newsletter. There you will also find the little icons for Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Make sure to follow us on all of those different social media sites. Uh, we post a lot of cool stuff. We post other podcasts such as like Hot Takes, Overdrinkers, Try Kai 9. We're always posting what we're showing in the theater. So if you're in the Beacon, New York area, come out and watch a movie with us. That would be great. And then lastly, read all the great content we have. We put out a lot of best of lists in the past month or so. And yeah, we'll have more content coming out in those regards as well. But thank you so much for listening to this episode. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe and all that good stuff. And yeah, I think we're going to call it quits. What came first? The music or the misery? Both. Thank you, Watchmen. Hulu presents a Hulu original. Got me every episode. I was like, why does it say Hulu twice? Hulu presents a Hulu original. Which also doesn't feel like either of those things are true. Just pick one. Yeah.
guys, Mike Burge popping in here real quick to let you know about some super exciting biz that we got going on over at Story Screen Beacon Theater located at 445 Main Street in historic Beacon, New York. We've been working on trying to get our bar and restaurant uh, right next to us operational and running and good to go. And it is official. Wonder Bar is now open. Uh, we're starting off real slow with some hours between Thursday and Sunday, typically opening around 5 p.m. on the weekends, maybe a little earlier. Um, uh, we've got loads of awesome cocktails, awesome beer on tap, some of the best liquor selections you've ever had. We even got some pretty tasty wines and our food selection ranging from small plates to awesome panini presses to amazing desserts are all fabulous. There's amazing vegetarian and vegan options, loads of gluten-free stuff, and it's also in working with a lot of our hypoallergenic awareness that we have at the theater as well, so there's no nuts at all in the kitchen, and just about everything is substitutional on the menu. You don't want that miso ranch because you're allergic to soy pop it out of there we got options for you to put it on there uh super cool place really amazing team that we got working over there right now um so if you're in the area or you're from around the area and you want to come on in and try out some tasty treats and some delicious drinks come on down to wonder bar and then maybe catch a movie afterwards or before over at the lovely story screen beacon theater thanks